Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is entitled Intersections. It's part of the World War, World War Cthulhu Cold War series. Matthew Sanderson is our game master, and this is episode four. Our recap will be given by Thomas McKeon. So, without further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Thomas? Thank you, Tom. Early in the morning, sunglasses on to hide the bags under his eyes, Agent Steve Combs walks to an isolated corner of Istanbul's streets towards a payphone. With a paranoid look, he looks behind him at the sidewalk, just as he leans in to pluck the phone off its receiver. Two quarters later, with the number dialed in, he waits until he hears the click of the other line. No one speaks. Combs simply holds for a moment. Then... It's me. I'm following up because of something that happened last night. First off, we met the nuclear physicist, Natalia Volkova. Apparently, she wasn't filled in on the situation, so we gladly informed her what's going on and on the Kazakov end of everything. Then we managed to get out of her after a little bit of prying that she's section 46-2. Yeah, it seems like N is taking this pretty seriously if he's bringing in specialists like this. We stayed at the restaurant for a little while after our call, but we moved on to the nightclub at Galata Tower. I said Galata Tower. Yeah. We just went to case the place, see if there's anywhere someone could be waiting to stick us, or any place we could rush if escape is necessary. O'Sullivan, well, the Marine, he spotted some woman at the club sitting by herself at a table for two. Apparently, he found her foxy enough, because... He slid on over to her table for a little flirting. I only got tidbits of their conversation. I was trying to get people drunk, but I heard enough. Turns out she works for the English consulate. A little suspicious in my head. After all, we did just get done boring the other British agents out of our hair. Now another happens to be at the club we go to on a whim. Anyway, she tells him some sob story about an American named Adam who stood her up. He works at the American consulate. They dance, we drink, he gets her number, we all leave. Then sleep came. And that's when I suddenly found myself back in the restaurant with the Brits back before I called you. I was with everyone. Everything seemed normal, but we were all conscious of the fact that we had already lived through all of this. It was like some kind of collective acid trip. We tested the possibility of this being real, and that's when we spotted a woman in yellow that wasn't there when we were actually in the bar. That's right, I said yellow. I confronted her, asking what all this was, and that's when everyone in the room suddenly disappeared. Outside, we found ourselves in Istanbul, not in Istanbul, but in some kind of dilapidated city where no one roamed the streets. That's when we realized this was most likely an individual, or possibly a being, named H. H supposedly pries information from Section 46 agents in dreams. Looks like we have shown up on someone's radar. I'll do a little bit more digging, sure, yeah. We managed to wait it out, though, with us eventually waking up in our beds. Though we were razzled, we determined this was the work of H and maintained that our core objective was speaking with the Kumatesh. We'll be meeting him tonight at Galata Tower. 
I'm sure the others have something planned beforehand, but I need something in the next couple of days. I need someone on your end to meet with me. I need an assessment. Someone you trust in Istanbul or nearby to contact me. That's possible, just have him contact me somehow so I can pass on what I have to him. Anything you can provide would be most appreciated, but I understand if that's not possible. I'll keep you informed though on the CIA as well and what's happening on that end. I'm sure they've got something for us to use. Yes, just keep me informed. All right, goodbye. And I hang up the phone and with that, I'll look around and Steve Combs walks back to the, uh, the apartments. Right, thank you very much, Tom. So, uh, for the listeners and viewer benefit here, um, we've had a fair bit of email discussion going back and forth about what various people do during the day. Um, it'd be a little dull for uh, one person to have the spotlight for a long period of time and then move to the next person and move to the next person. It'd be a pretty long spectator sport, really. So we're going to go into a little bit of a montage scene. We have the morning where you have woken up, had breakfast, or just your general get-together in the morning, and know that it's not going to really have any, um, there's not really anything majorly on your radar until the evening when you have the meeting with, um, with Majash. So, various, pe various people over the course of the morning start going in their own different ways. Uh, some of you may want to stay back at the apartment if you haven't got anything specific you want to do. We're going to cut back to mid-late afternoon, uh, probably about five o'clock, so a good couple of hours before you need to go to the Galata Tower, when everyone starts to come back to the apartment. And this is your chance to um, describe how you come back, if you're flustered, if you're well, running in going, guys, guys, I've got something to say. Um, this is where you can share any information that you've obtained during the day, or basically fill your uh, dear friends and colleagues in as you want to. Over to you. Well, I returned around three o'clock just to clean up and take a little nap. I don't talk to anybody. I was, uh, after my little morning thing, um, there was nothing really for me to do. Um, so I'll probably just sleep and probably read in the apartment or, and, and prepare, you know, clean my firearm, break down, put it back together, you know, just that stuff, but nothing really other than that. Mm-hmm. If you'd been watching me leave a little bit before lunch, you'd have seen me walk down the street to a flower vendor, buy a bouquet of flowers, and then head further down the street. When I came back a couple of hours later, I did not have the flowers. Mm -hmm. Okay, anyone else for any more? Um, I have spent entire day in my apartment watching Turkish television and drinking some nice Turkish coffee um, what uh, what time is our appointment I forget uh, seven o'clock mm -hmm. well as, as far as 
you guys would know, Natalia was pretty much in her her uh, her hotel room, just trying to get more rest because, her, of course, her rest was disturbed previous evening. So you guys, if you guys were looking for her, you you didn't see her all day. And if you were to knock at her door, she would answer. Gotcha. Right, so it seems that there's going to be fairly quiet after um, afternoon evening. Uh, remind me who is in room number one in the apartment block. I think that's either uh, myself. Mick. Uh, Henry. Oh. Well, Sullivan and me are in two yeah. and three. Yes, I, I'm, in, three? I'm in room one, yes. Right. Okay. I can't remember. In yeah, which case... <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> no, I've, I've got the I've got the number somewhere. I just need to go and come put my hand on the note. Um, in which case, the phone in room one rings. Hello. Um, hello, is that Mr. Postgate? Speaking. Hello. Uh, this is Gail Bennett. We met yesterday. Oh yes, yes, of course. Um, what can I do for you, Ms. Bennett? We have an envelope, or rather an invitation, that's been delivered to the consulate for um, your group, rather than naming anyone individually. I'll just pick the first number I've got on my list here. Um, if one of you would like to come down and collect it, then then it's, I think it's yours, really. Oh, I see, yes. Um, I'll be there straight away. Okay, sure. No, just just ask myself, and so they'll bring you through the front desk, and then you can um, collect the letter from me. Very good, thank you. Okay, well, I'll put the phone down and um, head out through the communal area. Um, is there anyone in the communal area? Anyone biting? Probably just reading. Um, well, I, not the communal area. What I've done is I've gotten some coffee, and I've gone upstairs because I don't like being bugged. But I'm sitting on the roof, <laughs> see, drinking my coffee. I expect somebody wants to show up there. They can, <laughs> unless, I, unless, I, I, unless I specifically see anyone on my way out, then I'm um, not going to tell anyone where I'm going. I suppose there's a chance I could see him walking down the street once he walks out of the building. But yeah, from, from the roof potentially. Yeah, I think I'll just start, I, I would just go out and hail a taxi. Okay. Yep. There's a there's a fair chance you'll get one fairly quickly. So yep, you hop in a taxi and head off. Um, you'll just about have enough time to head um, head up to the consulate and then get back down to the Glatter Tower in the two hours because it's a fair way north of town. Okay. Okay. So, in which case if no one else is jumping in. Um, you get to the consulate without any issues. Um, again have a word on the front desk saying that you're here to see Bennett uh, you're seen through the metal detector and so on and obviously if you are carrying anything then they will give you dispensation for that um, Bennett is up in her office um, she looks up and smiles as you come uh, come in through the door oh, oh glad to see you uh, you made good time then yes I came straight away um, so I believe you have uh, something for me yes yeah, so or for your uh, for your group I believe um, she reaches into her, um, her out tray and picks up an envelope. Evidently, she hasn't opened it. Um, she just hands it across the, de um, across the desk to you. It's a fairly nice, high-quality cream paper, and it has uh, a, slight, a slight hint of lavender 
to it as well. A nice flowing script, a really good, uh, well-practiced copper plate handwriting on the front. Um, is there a, a paper opener? A letter yeah, opener, yeah. rather, any, anywhere on the, the desk? Yeah, she'll hand, uh, she'll hand over a knife, uh, a quite sharp, knife-like letter opener. Okay, I will um, open it and um, I don't want to take anything out, but I'll just discreetly just open the, the envelope and look inside to see what's in there. It looks like a folded piece of card, again, of the same kind of cream colour and texture, um, almost like a wedding invitation of sorts, that, that kind of presentation. Okay. That all looks in order. Thank you. Yeah. She nods. This is, yep. Um, while while you're here, do you need anything from me, or are things going fairly well on your on your front? Everything seems to be progressing as uh, as we expected so far. Um, nothing out of the ordinary, as far as I'm concerned. Um, however, I mean, as you know, we've only just got into town, so uh, <laughs> the game hasn't really started yet, has it? Yeah, true. Well, I'm surprised, as you say, that you've only been in town short while and it already seems like you've popped up on someone's radar so I, I recognize the envelope so yes yes well um let's hope it's nothing uh problematic no no i don't think it is no by the way um we've been attracting quite a lot of attention from the british do you know what that's all about i mean is that just sort of standard local politics or uh, is 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 there something up is something happening uh, she she smiles and nods to herself yeah the um the special relationship is very special around here shall we say it's uh we've we've got an odd situation where one of the um the brits a man by the name of lorimer um he's been kicked here by london and he doesn't like the fact he's here um, he's made a lot more friends outside of his own agency than he has inside it. So, for instance, he's quite uh, he's quite pally with with ourselves over here. So we we do generally tend to get a lot of feed uh, traffic feeding through him, and um, we do work we do work fairly close together. And uh, how do, how do our friends in London feel about his behaviour? Mm, they don't seem to um, they don't seem to uh, realise that he has many friends at all. Um, we're keeping that fairly discreet for him. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, so we, think, I mean, over, overall, do you think this uh, this man Lorimer can be trusted? I mean, definitely. Um, it's it's helpful to have someone on the inside. He's been able to feed us some uh, quite useful information as and when the times required it. Um, he's by no means selling out his own people. It's just quite nice that we have someone who's able to and willing to work with us. I see. Well, that clarifies that. I was, uh, I was worried they were trying to root us out for something, or worse yet, yeah, set us up for something. No, no. Well, if they've heard rumour that about what's kicking off with Kazakov is happening in town, and they've been keeping an eye on him, then they might be, maybe they they'd be interested in trying to bring him in as well. I mean, this is quite a big fish after all. Hmm. So it's a, a bit of a contest out there to see who can uh, sort of bag the largest pike. Well, I, I still remain largely sceptical. I'm, I'm worried this could be a dangle. Mm -hmm. so, um, we'll have to see how things uh, 
play out. I think it's it's uh, it, it's something that should be played quite cautiously. Now, um, I hope uh, you you won't be insulted, but um, I'm afraid I'm going to have to race off. I've uh, I've got a pressing dinner engagement to get to. No, no, by by all means, Ed, um, don't let me detain you. I've, in fact, I've got a, um, a few uh, things I need to attend to myself. So, very good. We'll we'll check in with you in the next couple of days and uh, give you a a sit rep. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll look forward to hearing you. Okay, and um, with that, I'll leave and head out onto the street. Um, I'd like to stop at the first uh, payphone. Mm -hmm. Um and phone the apartment. Yep, there's plenty around here. Who are you calling? Um, I will call whoever's in room number two, which is uh, Eamon, I believe. Eamon. Hey, it's me. <laughs> now, so, bearing in mind that the, the, the phone's probably, the phone's are tapped, aren't they? So, um, <clears throat> I think when he answers, it will sound semi-groggy. Like, oi. Hello, um, uh, it's uh, it's Henry here. I've um, I've been out doing a little bit of, uh, of shopping, um, you know, a few things for the kids, and um, I uh, I think I'm going to be um, running a little bit late, so I'm probably going to meet you um, at our dinner appointment. Uh, rather than coming home first. I hope that's okay with everyone. Uh, right. I'm sure it's fine. I'll let them know. Yes, if you could, that'd be great. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. <laughs> well, Love you. Bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's already gone before I can even react. Like, okay. And the phone just goes down and he just falls back on the bed for a bit. So I suppose um, I'll get a cab and start heading to the Galada Tower. Gotcha. So that was like a four-hour period that just passed. Uh, two, about an hour there, an hour back. So yeah. at some point in here, having gone, having collected my thoughts, um, I'm going to go uh, downstairs and knock on um, uh, Eamon's door and uh, Robert's door, and uh, Thomas McKeon's door. I caught my name. I changed it right as you were saying. And Steve Holmes' <laughs> door. <laughs> well, I'm out in the communal area. I'm reading. Oh, well, then I see you. Um, yeah. And Ian's door. I probably, I, I skip Natalia because she's apparently not there. And uh, um, so she, would, she wouldn't understand anyway. And I probably knock on Henry's door, but he's not there. Mm -hmm. Um. Would you all be interested in joining me for a cup of coffee on the roof? What? So what time of the day is it right now? Five. Three. Yeah, I thought four. Or well, five. if you, if I, I left at five. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, so um, say around. We get the phone call at six. Maybe a little after six. Say well, we got to be there at seven. So um, I figure we're going to start getting ready, but. Uh, okay. I would have done it before that. So say right about five, right about the time he left. I saw his car drive away and then I came down to talk to you all. Oh, so the retroactive, okay. Yeah. Alrighty. So do you all join me upstairs? Sure. Mm -hmm. Kind of sigh and close my book and uh, tuck it under my arm. 
because if, it, if it's a boring conversation, I'm going to read while I while you talk. So, um, gentlemen, um, I had an interesting and productive day. Um, most of what I did is probably not, it would bore you. You might as well read your book. Um, Opens book. But I did find... I did find some interesting things. Um, did you know that last year there was an archaeological dig uh, that went on um, uh, near the island of uh, uh, Kinalita uh, out in the Sea of Marmara? Um, there was a professor, uh, uh, Rosé Garot, a Frenchman, uh, professor of archaeology at the University of Paris, um, there was a large uh, yacht that had been owned by uh, Sultan Abdul Hamid II um, that had sunk back in 1908. And, uh, of course, being a sultan's barge, it was rumored to have all kinds of treasure and stuff. So he went looking for it, and he finally found it. And the museum last year acquired all of this material being part of the sultan's collection. And uh, I went there and I, I looked it over because there, was, there were a few things that, that stuck in my mind about it. And sure enough, I found a number of uh, objects that were very similar to the missing gold thing. Oh. Um, Interesting. Now, how... How anybody could have known that you had that in your room, in your pocket, I don't know. This whole dream thing that we had, that was weird. Um, uh, I've also, I also got the manifest during the day of the p passengers. I don't think it's that important, but the, uh, the, the drunk man on the airplane, mm -hmm. that was a Mr. Um, uh, Abdullah Beniji. And... Uh, he has an apartment not too far from uh, the Galata Bridge overlooking the... Uh, I, I don't know if we need to visit him or not, but we'll see if something comes up in this in this investigation. See if he has some ties to uh, the, the, the things that I was telling you about before. Um, well, he's the oh, one that dropped it. He's so the he, one that dropped it, yeah, and what his tie... Ties to it, right? Uh, only that it looks like a similar object, and so it doesn't really tie to anything except the the the, the shipwreck. Maybe, maybe, maybe. That might not be a problem at all. The very fact that the water is involved makes me raises a little red flag in my brain. But um, I also did a little research on uh, dreams. Um, I'm sorry, can I interrupt the? The pieces you saw, are they on display now? I'm not. Yes. Okay. So they don't even, they don't necessarily recognize what they have. Well, what they have is treasure from the, uh, the shipwreck. But um, nobody has ID'd that treasure as being unusual no. anyway. It's the Eldiz Museum. You can go there and see for yourself. It's interesting. Um, I also don't know, you know, you never know. Uh, there's been some time pass whether things have become confused and, and multiple things have been put together. It, it's, it's, a, it's a tenuous lead of any kind, if anything. I did some research on dreams. 
and found out very interesting that um, that ever since the uh, the late 1600s, um, uh, this area in particular has been very anti uh, any kind of dream prophecies or um, uh, research into astrology or anything like that. In fact, they uh, they destroyed the original uh, uh, the observatory uh, of uh, Taki Aldin uh, because the concept of using the stars to understand things it was so it was abhorrent to these people. So there's very little research I can find on dream mythology in any of the libraries other than prior, you know, to uh, the 1500s. Maybe they um, had I, bad occurrences with them from back in the day. It's, it's possible. It, actually, it's very likely that it all started because a soothsayer read the stars. There was a, um, I think it was 1580, there was a huge comet that flew over and uh, uh, the uh, astrologer predicted that it meant victory, you know, in a battle. And of course they weren't victorious in the battle and he probably had his head chopped off. And, and since then it was like, you know, get rid of all the astrologers and all the, you know, they, they didn't like that when their astrology went, went south. But anyways, uh, very little other than that I did today. I just walked around and uh, saw some stuff. And um, <laughs> Other than my own personal research, that's, that's not important. But how'd y'all do today? Anything interesting? Um, well, I guess we're all being honest in this group, aren't we? Why not? We're working together. <laughs> I might have had coffee with that uh, Pamela. No, might oh, did you know? Yeah. I said, she wants me to look into this Adam guy. I did look into him, and there's three Adams that work for the American consulate and none of this man. So either something happened to him or it's not his name or something strange thereabouts. Sounds like he just said that he was part of the consulate because she said she was part of a consulate. Well, that's kind of what I was saying. Of course, I was being truthful in a way, but yeah. She wants to meet this guy and find him. So I started to look into it, but I find nothing as I researched it. Well, for those of you not native to this area, this is a city of spies. Mm. So don't trust anybody. Well. Especially me. No. <laughs> he takes a big inhale of this current cigarette and he stamps down. He's like, I may have also caught the attention of a policeman, Turkish policeman. Well, you don't want to get thrown into Turkish jail, dude. Oh, hell no. That won't take me alive, that's for sure. I'm just, bringing, I'm just being honest with, the, with our group here about it. What'd you My, do? What's that? What'd you do? Uh, he was giving me the eye, so I went and confronted him about it. And then he had his badge. So he, he knew I was American and said he was going to be seeing me again or keeping his eye on me, but I'm going to keep my eye on him as well. Sorry, I tend to draw attention to myself sometimes. <laughs> that was that was me laughing at my character. <laughs> I kind of leaked from one to the other there. So he just says it kind of matter-of-factly. He's like, sometimes I seek out trouble. That's what I do. Sometimes it seeks me out, apparently. Anyway, that's the most interesting thing about my day. Nothing too major yet. 
Well, nothing happened on my end today. I just sat around reading. What about uh, what about you, Robert? Yeah, no, I, I pretty much stayed in and uh, went over my equipment and stuff. Everything seems to be in working order. Can I ask what our plan is for tonight? I know that we've, yeah. we've kind of we've kind of discussed loosely what we've all thought, but can we? And this is before I got the call from Henry, right? So uh, yeah. yeah, this is a little bit before. Okay. Yeah, and come Okay. Well, I can assume that we've we've have the. I mean, we know what we've. We're, we're basically seeing uh, uh, Mr. Uktu to create a a further meeting with uh, the Russian fellow. Um, other than that. Uh, we have our we have a directive from forty six, you know, to use him to find out if there's any cult of, cult activity going on. I'm not sure how we do that, but as far as I can I'm concerned, I think we need to go there. We need to isolate. Uh, we need to I isolate Mr. Majash, and that way we won't be overheard as we're uh, we're discussing this with him. Um, so we're so we're going in as a group. Oh, I don't think we all need to go. Uh, as I say, um, uh, 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 Volkova and I will act as scientific consultants in the background. So, okay. So that's what, it, that, that, that's kind of what I was uh, wondering is, so who is approaching and where will you guys be? Will you be on our ear or will you be... I think we'll be standing in the background like this. Well, Henry, Henry's the senior intelligent office, intelligence officer, so I thought we had decided that he would be taking point on this. Okay. Remember, our, our, our premise is that we are trying to set up trades relations with... Uh, so until we have Mr. Majash uh, isolated, that's what... what to everyone around us, we will be saying. Okay. We're a delegation. I don't mind being in a distance. Uh, the, yeah. I would much rather be in the back of the club watching the whole room. I don't need to be there. I don't know. I don't have any. Uh, well, you, you've seen the nightclub. That would certainly work. Yeah. But if any law, any woman in yellow approaches you, Give us all the freaking high sign, please. Well, you'll know when something happens, if anything happens. <laughs> if, 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 if you hear me and Eamon shouting, it means find an exit and run. Hmm. If H is involved, I'm not sure I want to run outside. Looked worse outside than it did inside. That's something that we do need to consider, is that we are on someone's radar. Uh, H. H doesn't necessarily need to be there for her to gather information from us. If we suspect that it's a dream, I think that Henry came up with a very good way to <laughs> confuse the information. Talk about nonsense. Well, I'm that talking fin that Fender Museum. That was interesting. Oh, I'm talking less about. If it's dream, I know that we know that this is real. We woke oh. up, but more along the lines of afterwards, what information that we procured 
you know, she may not do the same thing twice. You know, next time it may not be just you're sitting here in an idle bar. It may be you are all isolated and alone and I will torment you and torture you until you give me information. So we should be very careful about what information we gather and... Uh, and where we discuss it. Yeah. Because she may... Some, I don't know how she necessarily works, but she may overhear something from us. Because she's not. it's not like a bug. It's not like we have to be in a specific room. I don't know. If she has well, the ability to pull us into dreams, she may have the ability to listen to us mm, without bugs. From that, uh, from that experience last night, it would seem that she has some way to get into our subconscious. And that's very dangerous. Oi. So, be on guard. So, so just to recap, tonight's goal is we're meeting Majesh. We're looking for information about a cult. And at the same time, we're looking to set up the meeting between us and Vadim and Vladimir. Right. Do I, do I have that correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And I asked this question earlier, but I, I forgot the answer. In this nightclub, are there like VIP rooms or private areas where we could kind of take him, you know, you know, maybe it's me and LeBeau and Henry who kind of start initiate the conversation and bring in the others as necessary, or I just want to make sure we can get him segregated. So we're not screaming over, you know, <laughs> trying to make a deal. Right. Yeah. If, as it's in one of the restaurants, there's not likely to be any loud music that you're, uh, you're having to contend with. There are plenty of private booths that go around the edge of the room where you can have them curtained off or at least be enough in the shadows that no one's going to be able to see you or hear you. So yeah, discretion yeah. is definitely available. And, um, go ahead, sir. I was going to say one quick question. Um, has Natalia noticed the private message I've sent her? Right, good. Just to make sure you got it. Um, did any of you by chance this outside came, but did you see the picture I posted of uh, the interior of Galata Tower? Uh, what was that? That was actually in the episode. I'll, I'll show it to you. I'll send you a link. Oh, I'll, I'll send you the, the, to the picture. The, the booth for the private conversation about the real reason, I mean, is it loud enough that uh, we're safe from any bugs? Do we know any bugs that might be in there? I mean, they Thank you. You're fairly sure this is a place that's used by enough people um, that various parties are going to get very pissed at one another if they do find that there's a bug in there. So it would kind of compromise the integrity of the place. So you're fairly sure that the only way someone is going to bug the place would be if they're physically there and overhear you saying something. And those boots are going to make that very difficult. All right. All right. Does anybody know... Has anybody talked to Natalia since she's been here? Uh, she's sleeping, as far as I know. I don't know what she's doing in her room. I was nursing a bloody hangover. I didn't invite her up here just because uh, she wouldn't understand any of what I just told you. Not yet. Does anyone know? I'm only going by her last name. Is she Russian? Oh, yes. Say so. I spent enough time here on the border to tell you that. At least that was her... That's her ancestry. I don't know if she's actually a... If she's CIA, I don't think she's Russian. <laughs> I mean, not... She's not a Russian spy. 
what is the... she may be <laughs> she may be uh, like a contractor you know someone that you know from their side that we've contacted and brought on over to our side you know like we did with the germans project paperclip when they uh when we beat them to a bloody pulp Oh, she's a nuclear physicist. Do you think that they would lend us one of theirs? I'm not saying that they would lend. Like I said, in Project Paperclip, we beat the shit out of those Nazis and they came over here. I'm thinking maybe she came over to us and we've been extracting information from her. Okay, but I'm not alone in that I don't know anything about her, right? Correct. Correct. We don't know anything about her past. She's Russian and she's a nuclear physicist. Hmm. That's all we know. That's okay. that's pretty much it. Okay. I've sent you that picture. Where at? Email? Email. There it is. I see I didn't get that one either. I just sent it to you. It's oh, you didn't bad. get it just now? I didn't get it. It's not here. Looks pretty hip. Let's do it. This is something for post-game. <laughs> what are you talking about, about? Emails. I don't understand. What's an email? Oh. <laughs> email. Oh. It's a bit like a D notice, but it's a little bit further up the alphabet. Uh. Oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll stick to my letters. I will say that uh, once, once everybody decides to... Um, to leave for this meeting, uh, Natalia will join you. Um, but I will let you guys continue what you're doing right now. But when you guys are ready to leave, she'll she'll be dressed and ready for this this uh, meeting. So don't think I'm ignoring you guys. I'm doing things <laughs> behind the scenes. Sorry, Thomas. You are Elder Sign Raid Elder Sign Studios at Gmail, right? Yes. You should be getting that. It's going to you. Refresh. I'm bouncing back. Refresh. Nope. I'll, I'll, I'll look into it on my end. I don't know why it's doing right. that. Sorry. Very strange. Email works in very strange and mysterious ways at times. But anyway, I think then everybody is pretty much ready to hit the tower. So we can cut forward to you heading over there. Uh, when you get to the lobby, um, you find your friend Henry um, Standing there waiting, as if he's been waiting for a few minutes. Oh, I, I would have, as we got around, I would have, would have told everybody about the, the, the Henry phone call. Yeah. Just, just to make sure that's clear. Surprise. No. Good evening. <laughs> Complete so, with highlighter clipped in jacket pocket. <laughs> so, Steve, did you, are you packing as well? Oh, hell yeah, I'm packing. Okay. One in, the, one in the shoe, one in the jacket. Okay. Yeah. Do you not think um, that some of the other patrons in the restaurant um, might wonder uh, why you're wearing a white lab coat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it turns invisible when I go out on the town. Is it a white lab coat or is it actually a white tuxedo that was very popular in that time? Oh, yes, yeah. You don't wear it white at night, though, do you? You'd wear white uh, during a daytime event. And um, not after Labor Day. 
You'd wear white in the tropics, but um, or perhaps on a cruise. But you'd be, I imagine, quite worried about being mistaken for for a steward. Captain Stubings. My bald head. <laughs> All right. That's cool. Oh, I forgot to ask if Steve had sunglasses. Yeah. So, gentlemen, my mouse decided to freeze them for a second rather than my internet connection, so I couldn't take it off mute. Ah. <laughs> uh. Right. In which case you are together. Uh, you can head up whenever you want, uh, whenever you wish to the tower, uh, to the restaurant, or you can say wait down the lobby for a moment. Um, it doesn't look like Majash is outside or waiting in the lobby for you. So it looks like he's either not arrived yet or he's already up at the tower. Yeah, we're about 10 minutes early, so mm -hmm. let's just go up there and see if he's up there. Do we have any intel on what he looks like? Yes, you certainly do. Um, he is pretty much a man mountain. Um, he is particularly particularly large, particularly rotund. Um, apparently has quite an insatiable appetite. Yeah, so hair, hair parted back, uh, large nose, um, big old sideburns, uh, big moustache, say um, shirt undone at the neck. Um, and yeah, he's he's pretty big. If uh, for people that are trying to eye him up in terms of size, uh, comparing it to your own, uh, he is size ninety. Mm -hmm. Size ninety, and it is not muscle. <laughs> oh, oh wow, Majash the Hut. <laughs> yes, <laughs> pretty much. Well, I was more thinking for those uh, for those of you that uh, like Monty Python, um, Mr. Creosote. Mr. Creosote, <laughs> go get me a bucket. <laughs> it is indeed only wafer thin. But yes, um, he, he is someone that would stick out in a crowd. Uh, so you definitely haven't seen him uh, down below. When you head up to the restaurant, you can see he is very blatantly the first person that you see um, sat out there in the um, in the restaurant. The largest table um, that they have, which has been put right at the back in the largest booth, um, he is sat closest to the wall, and then there are a series of eight chairs um, set out around him, um, so that he has a good view of the good view of everyone from where from where he sits. And uh, it looks like he has already started uh, started on dinner. Uh, there are three plates laid out in front of him that he is uh, slowly working his, well, not even very slowly, um, that he is devouring his way through. Uh, the, um, the concierge uh, looks, toward, um, looks towards you as, the, uh, as you as a group um, come in. So um, he says, um, yes, you have a reservation, sirs, madam. Were we were we spreading out a little bit at this point? Was that? We haven't even gotten in. Ah, uh, my my bad. I thought you'd gone in. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Stephen, Stephen, Eamon, your guys are not we're, with the group, right? You're yeah. We're sep we're se yeah. We're, we've separated. All right, and Henry, you're the leader. Oh, okay. I'll take the lead. <laughs> Good for we, you. We decided that when you weren't there. Take point. Yep, yep. There you go. 
Um, can I just, before, before we get into that, can I just say that um, while we were in the elevator coming up, um, I uh, would have informed you that um, I've been at the consulate where I've just received uh, an invitation for um, a little soiree tomorrow night in uh, Bebek, uh, which is uh, at, the, uh, at the invitation of um, Lola Stanton, who I believe uh, to be a former CIA operative. Perhaps some of you are more familiar with her than, than I am. But I, uh, Good place I, for fish. It's a nice. It's a nice neighbourhood. It's uh, it's a very very popular with the, uh, the political uh, class. But um, yes, back to the now. Um, Warrior is that like a swingers now? <laughs> um, well, a bit more sophisticated. I think. So, what can uh, be more sophisticated well, than a swingers party? Well, I mean, they'll cut your head off in this town for that. So swingers, swingers parties aren't terribly sophisticated. They're going to the wrong ones. <laughs> dirty towels. They still stone people here to it's death. Sheesh, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they stone people to death. That's, you know, it's my thing. So what, do you th- what, what, what parties do you think I'm going to? They like their justice old school. So do I. <laughs> Okay, so just to confirm then, um, Steve and Eamon have gone in ahead of time and gone off to a different table, or are you following the group in afterwards? You should probably go in first. Um, That's fine. Yeah, just separate. We're drinking alone. Gotcha. Okay, you can be at the bar then if you're just drinking, so that makes sense. You wouldn't have a table necessarily to yourself, but you can be far enough along the end of the table that if anything did start going south in a very loud fashion, you would notice it in the um, in the alcove. Sounds good to me. Yeah. And then the other five, you're coming in as a single group. Mm. Okay. In which case, then the the concierge will direct the uh, previously uh, previously made statement towards your group um, and ask if you have a reservation. Um, can I um, attempt to ingratiate myself with the, the concierge by speaking to him in Turkish? Yeah, you certainly can. This could backfire. My Turkish is 60. That's reasonable, I think. It, it's, um, it's enough that I won't make you roll for it, so you're, you're fluent. That's good. So I won't end up saying, uh, bathtub, <laughs> my meringue is an enormous seal. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I have lost Um, the trousers that were on my head. My mother, she is the Dutch. (laughs) All of them. (laughs) Would you like to come back to my place, bouncy, bouncy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do. So um, I'll just say, uh, yes, good evening. Um, uh, We have uh, a a reservation, I believe... um, party uh, with um, Mr. Majash. Ah, yes. Um, his eyes light up and he uh, becomes very animated. Um, and he responds in Turkish, saying, yes, yes, uh, Mr. Majash is one of our best customers. I understood he had a party um, coming to see him tonight. Uh, he looks, he does a quick counting of evident counting of heads. 
Um, we were expect he was expecting more. Are there more to be coming later, or is this the the? No, this 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 is this is all. He may he may be um, expecting other people. I don't know, but this is this is all our part. Uh, he, he does have rolling meetings, uh, one group coming after another, and so on. So yeah, it's un understandable. Understandable. Um, yeah, he, he smiles, nodding towards you, and then switches back to English. Uh, yes, yes, uh, please. If you'd like to follow me, I will take you to your table. Thank, Thank you very much. Right. And he leads you over to the uh, say the largest table at the back of the room, and he just looks up at you. He definitely sees you coming from a way off, and in a, a deep. Uh, deep voice that I won't try to replicate as it normally hurts my throat uh, says uh, pardon me if I don't get up oh no not, not at all please carry on oh, yeah, please, please. yes take, take, take a seat take a seat right um, you're coming here about the Rusky that's right well, straight, straight to business I like that <laughs> um, yes Yes, we're keen to uh, arrange a meeting with him. Yes, yes, he found him out. He came to me saying that it'd be problematic for him to uh, go to any official building, hence why he hasn't made any contact himself. He's worried that um, if superiors have their eyes on him, that it might cause uh, some issues. How um, long has he been in contact with you? He's on and off for a few months now. He's... Uh, He's wanted bits and pieces here and there. Obviously, uh, in regards to what, however, he has talked about, that's unfortunately um, will have to remain hush hush. You know, uh, client confidentiality and that that kind of thing. Yes, quite so. Well, I wouldn't expect anything uh, anything else. <laughs> but um... he takes a long slurp of uh, from a big mug of coffee, and then uh, puts it down with a bit of a clunk. Uh, would anyone like anything to eat? Um, have, you, have you had anything so far this evening? Um, are, are you are you hungry at all? I I, I could I could certainly eat. What would you recommend? Oh, everything on on the menu here is fantastic. I mean, it depends depends really how um, how hungry you're feeling. Um, personally, I don't, I would never turn down the uh, the grilled halloumi. Fan fantastic, fantastic dish. Even a great as a starter. Um, that tabbouleh as well is fantastic. So. I think I'll, I might just order a, a, a tasting uh, menu if, um, hmm. if they have one. So you say they have a range of cold and hot messes. So yes, uh, plenty. Uh, he waves a hand and clicks his fingers very loudly, and the one of the waiters comes over quite promptly. Um, with an armful of menus and uh, starts dishing them out to um, to each of you. Says, yeah, I've, I've eaten my way through the uh, the whole menu more than once. Uh, one, a couple of times in one sitting as well. Yeah, I can wholeheartedly recommend everything that's here. Best restaurant in town. Cool. I'll have that and that and that. Yeah, um, all orders are placed. Um, is anyone not ordering anything? It would be impolite, so I think I, I think everybody will order something, even if, it, even if it's just a coffee. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, in which case, all, orders are taken, and then the waiter quite, uh, quite quickly runs off to um, to place the orders with the uh, with the kitchen and the bar. 
So, uh, Majash, so he's, uh, again, wraps his fingers on the desk in front of him. So, tell me, tell me a little about yourself. Um, he just looks round the table. Who, who are the kind of people I'm dealing with here? I always like to know, even if you aren't necessarily um, clients, should I say of myself, uh, say you could more accurately say that uh, the Rusky is my client in this case. Um, but I always like to know who I'm talking to. So, go on, open up, tell me a little bit about yourself. Mr. Majash, you're, you're dealing with an American trade delegation. <laughs> don't I all? Don't I always? <laughs> Do you mind if I saw him? Oh, by all means, by all means. I shall light a cigarette. I, I do, I'm terribly fond of Turkish cigarettes, I must say. Oh, he, he looks a bit surprised. They're normally an acquired taste, I hear. Oh, no, no. Well, they're very difficult. They're getting increasingly difficult to get in the West. Mm. The, best, the best we can manage in the States is uh, camels, but that's a Turkish and domestic blend. Mm. But, um, uh, they're hard to come by. Oh, that's a shame. I'll stock I'm... up before I go home, I think. Yes, yes. I can, rec I can recommend a few places. Uh, there's a very good tobacconist in the Grand Bazaar. So I'd recommend heading down there sometime if you go, if you get chance. Yes, yes. You know what I'm really after actually is some of the, the, the old traditional, um, you know, the, the, the Turkish oval cigarettes. Ah. I know it's only a different shape, it's in effect the flavour, but they just feel nicer in the hand. It's aesthetics, and to be honest, yes. what, it, you know, what it looks like is always important. I think so. I mean, you know, one one, one has to maintain a certain level of style. <laughs> But um, anyway, I digress. Let's let's return to business, shall we? Mm. Um, now you've been dealing with this chap for a little while. Indeed. Does he strike you as being legit? I'd be very surprised if he's not. I'm usually a very good judge of character, and this man seems to be on the level. Um, obviously people hold things back when in discussion with them and he is no different he is a man that keeps secrets it's his job after all of course um, do you think he's running away from something i think he's being presented with a moral dilemma um, his job is telling him to do one thing and his heart is telling him to do something else and in particular I believe his superiors don't necessarily believe that this moral quandary exists. Or if they do, then they're quite happy to uh, let the costs be fairly high for the civilian population, is what he said. Those were his exact words. What do you know about this Tumanov? Oh, very antisocial little bastard. Um, He's, I've seen him, but never spoken to him. Um, he's always, he's very stoic, very, very quiet, uh, very taciturn. Um, I find his presence a little uh, worrying. Hmm. You know, he's, he's got the look of a handler written all over him. Um, I would quite like, if possible, to be able to meet Kasakov on his own. I'm very sure that's what's going to happen. Um, I think that Kazakov is worried that um, Tumanov, I didn't get the impression so much as being a handler, but more like being a partner. 
mm. uh, that the two have been assigned together on the same operation here. Um, they both work for Odessa Marine Exports. I think that Kazakov is worried that Tumanov may be the eyes that have been sent to look after, look out for him mm. rather than be his handler. I think he takes his orders from someone higher up in Odessa. Mm. No, I think uh, I would like to know more about Tumanov, but like I said, I've not had the chance to speak to him particularly well. Um, also, the guy looks like he doesn't really get enough to eat at all. He's very... A bit rakish in places. The guy is bulking out. I thought it was just a poor quality photograph I've been shown of him. Mm. So he's really like that. Yes, he is a bit sunken cheek and sunken eyes. Something about him. Well, you know what they say: you can't trust a man who doesn't like his food. Hmm. Exactly that. That's he's on the coffee and cigarettes diet. <laughs> well, I've got all vodka and cigarettes from given where he's from. Right. So a man gets gaunt like that, it's usually through worry. And if a man's worrying in this game, I don't trust him. <laughs> you think if you're worrying, why are you in the game? <laughs> Quite so. Quite so. So you haven't, I mean, there's there's, there's no line, you've been, you've been able to hit no line of intelligence on Tumanov. Uh, um, the only thing that I could potentially pin down, this, this is purely reading between the lines, you understand uh, this is only my own supposition so i wouldn't treat it as gospel um both of them were in the navy uh tumanov is a little older but kazakov holds the higher rank mm -hmm. maybe a little bit of resentment there perhaps mm. younger man gets uh, super uh, older man gets superseded by a young man on his way up to the top and now that young man decides to go and um run to the uh, run to the west wouldn't take much to convince him to go after um, go after the traitor. Mm. Well, I think it's a given that um, if uh, Kasakov is a benevolent brother, then uh, Tumanov will be too. Mm. So uh, yes, we'd uh, we'd like to get them separated. Um, I mean, that also raises the, the, the possibility of surveillance, that he may be um, followed if he goes anywhere without Tumanov. Um, these, these are all things that will be factored in. I mean, um, what, what, sort of, uh, what sort of venue is he expecting? I mean, he's already made arrangements according to the last conversation we had. Um, he wishes to meet you at the Pierre Lotte Cafe in two days' time. Uh, he wishes to meet you there for lunch. Um, the, uh, the cafe is a um, unique place. I think, you, uh, do, you, do you know of it so far, as yet? He does a quick look around the table. There's a chance that I would, do I? Mm -hmm. uh, give me a luck roll. Um, 87, no. Um, you've heard the name, but you don't necessarily know anything about it. It is actually a fairly famous place in Istanbul. But it's, it's one of those that you, you've not been there yet. It's kind of maybe on the list to check out at some point. What was the name? Uh, the Pierre Lotte Cafe. It's not the one. Okay. That's where I was at. Why, why is it an unusual place? Yes. Uh, he, he smiles. 
Uh, it's the only place I can think of where they would potentially cater to the undead. <laughs> what do you mean by that? It's a cafe in a graveyard. That's rather strange, isn't it? Don't the... Uh... I, I, you know, I am not a man. I, I'm obviously I'm a scientist. I'm not really a man of religion, but uh, isn't that kind of taboo for uh, the Muslims? I don't know. Um, he, Rather he macabre for the Christians. <laughs> he, he shakes his head. It's a very old building. Um, it was just taken over by the uh, the Frenchman Pierre Lotte. Um, some time ago. Um, he was a known um, Turkophile. Um, he was very interested. He stayed and lived in Istanbul for a long time. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure that the graveyard necessarily grew up around the cafe, because uh, I know there are certainly some very old, um, unmarked graves at the top of the hill. Uh, so that give, would give you an idea of necessarily uh, the, let's say, the, uh, the resident of said grave. Um, uh, the unmarked grey. He's starting to look around again as if he's worrying that he's teaching how to suck eggs. Uh, unmarked graves. Hmm? I'm sorry, I didn't understand your phrase there. Oh, so, um, te teaching one to suck eggs. It's like he's uh, he's worried he's trying to, he's saying something to you you already know. He's trying to oh, gauge I how see. much of this you already understand. I don't know how to suck eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Ask your grandmother. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, to each his own. People have strange ways. I saw a man uh, not too long ago with the strangest marks on his body. I assumed it was some religious thing, but it's not not Christian or Muslim or Judah, Jude, uh, Jewish. Um, hmm. I imagine there's lots of uh, unusual religious cults I, in the fringes of every society. There's got to be those. Okay. Um at the mention of that, he the kind of maybe jovial aspect in his tone starts to um, disappear. He says, "Yes, this is a um, a city that very much attracts individuals who uh, move in, let's say, more esoteric ways or esoteric circles." Quite a lot of history with that. Yeah, mm. I was just reading today about the the hatred for astrology that uh, that's been around since the 15th century <laughs> very interesting oh yes yeah it's um such a hatred that uh, people are very keen to act very viscerally to those that uh, don't share the same beliefs or uh, the same ideology yeah. and when one feels persecuted when one feels persecuted, one might go underground, go into hiding, become dormant for a while. Well, cults are always hiding. Mm -hmm. he, he just looks uh, Somerton in the eye and just nods very slowly. Yes, yes, you could say that of several groups that have uh, recently gone into hiding, yes. Different brotherhoods. Well, I know of one brotherhood. I'm not sure what the others call themselves, but yes. He just he, again, he does a quick look between you all. 
I didn't think this was very much on the CIA's agenda. <laughs> it's more of a, it's more of a personal interest. Ghost stories mostly. Well, speaking of ghost stories, I, I have a quite peculiar uh, question for you. Any of these cults uh, have an interest in the color yellow? Uh, he, uh, he, he almost uh, laughs to the point where he. Uh, there's actually small bits of food start coming out of his mouth and sort of re rejoining his plate in a quite disgusting fashion. Uh, now, what would you possibly know about that group? I was just curious. <laughs> it seems it seems that uh, you find them amusing. What's what's so amusing about that group? <laughs> um, a member of a very yellow organization came to myself uh, not that long ago um, asking for my help. And now, less than 48 hours later, uh, someone else brings up the color, maybe about them. I'm just wondering if they are heading in one direction and you are heading in a direction headlong to them. What do you Shall know we, about this group? Can we just say that the CIA is always interested in maintaining peaceful relations with its neighbors and uh, information is what we live on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm very sure this, um, oh, funny, he turns back to Somerton and says, um, interesting as you just mentioned, uh, brotherhoods. Um, this brotherhood, he turns back to uh, Volkova, um, have never been able to get a foothold in this city. And the last time that someone tried to kind of turn up in town representing this group, they had their ass handed to them. And awesome. now he's come back with a personal vendetta wanting to try and the David to try and take on Goliath. Hmm. So you're saying there's, um, there's something of a, a, a power play I, I would call it all-out war, personally. This, this, there's a, there is a conflict that has been bubbling under this city for a fair while, and in certain certain instances, it it didn't become a cold war; it became a hot war. So, I mean, are we are we talking about um, two uh, parties, or I can think of. Hmm. Five off the top of my head that have an interest in this area. As many as that. Well, I mean, you know, you, you have to. I, obviously, that would um, greatly upset the stability in the region. Mm -hmm. um, and under if, the. Well, please, please go ahead. So if if um, if one wanted to um, establish uh, a, a window onto the, um, the operations of such groups mm -hmm. to, uh, to review information concerning such groups. Um, what sort of business arrangement would one be looking at getting into? Mm. He thinks of it, he almost does the uh, stereotypical plumber uh, sucking through their teeth routine. Cost you. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> it depends who you want to reach out to. Uh, certain groups here are going to have different costs. Depends, are you willing to pay? If so, how much are you willing to pay for one group, whereas another group, they aren't going to ask for money. They're going to ask for favors. They're going to ask for something downright fucking strange because that's how those guys roll. One group, though, I think might be open to talk. Um, if you want to have a look through the papers, um, go back a few... Um, he thinks it might be a few months, it might be, a firm, might be a little longer than that. I can't remember the exact time that it happened. But the name you want to look for is Ushi um, Ilmas. Uh, he was a professor at the Istanbul University. And he was shot in the head outside of his apartment, not too far away from the university. Now, what looks to be a professional assassination carried out on a professor. Um, I believe he was a professor of astronomy. Uh, someone that definitely wasn't involved in the game, someone that wasn't involved in any other activity beyond that of his group, which I understand is a very small group, was taken out. The rest of the group, as far as I'm aware, have gone to ground. I've only had minimal dealings with them, and most of them was through um, the poor, late uh, ELMS. He, he was a fairly nice guy, actually. Um, I would suggest going to have a word with some of his co-workers, or one person that I suspect was his um, love interest, actually, at the time. Um, a lady by the name of Miriam Coach. Miriam Coach. Well, you know her? I think I've heard the name before. Yeah, she's a prominent um, architect. Um, I believe she's just returned from a um, seminar in London, I believe. Hmm. I, keep, I keep my eye on her from time to time, mainly because she's quite good looking. Architects and astronomers. It's, uh very classical. These, you, you mentioned five different groups that you know of offhand. Mm -hmm. um, oh, wait, I, I was, I was going to ask the GM a question outside the game. Yep. What kind of resources do we have from 46 um, as far as money and stuff like that goes? Pretty much akin to what your C uh, you would be able to get through the CIA. So you have access to reasonable amounts of money. Um, obviously, you'll need to justify it and potentially call in some trust roles if you're asking for any particularly extravagant amount of money. But you do have access to some funds that they would be able to redirect from other agents. Okay. Um, um, the names of these groups, would you be willing to tell those to us or...? but it depends on whether you, uh, whether you know them, really. Um, I could say a name, and it could mean something to you. It could mean nothing to you. Okay. Well, I'm interested in hearing them anyway. Well. He looks around again, mainly just to make sure that no one else is, uh, is listening in. Have you heard of the Brothers of the Skin? Actually, yes. 
That's um, an ancient group, though, yes. He raises his eyebrows. They were the one of the most stabilizing forces in this city that it's known in generations. They controlled the entire area, and they controlled things fur much further afield. They had unrivaled power, and no one else would touch the city because they knew those guys were in control. And yet some jumped-up group. I don't know who. I haven't found out who, because the problem is no one is alive left to tell me. But one group moved in and assassinated the cult almost overnight. They knew where everyone everyone stayed. They knew their houses. They knew their movements. They knew everything. And yet the, um, yet the Brotherhood have never heard of these people. They never saw anything coming. Well, but we yet, were aware that there was, there was a strong decline in that group. Um, it's almost very, like the plot against the Templars. Well, various government agencies were informed about those groups a long time ago. That's not that's not that secret of a information, you know. Um, as far as we know, they're they're almost they're extinct if they're not almost extinct. What other groups? Well, like I say, there is this other group still in town. Like I, said, I can't say anything more about them because I don't know. No one is, no one's left alive to speak of. But I'd say that if there are any members of the Brotherhood of the Skin left in town, they have most certainly gone to ground. They will have tried to assume new identities. They would have taken um, legends, as you call them. Um, they will have tried to break away as much as they can to hide, so to make sure they basically avoid whatever detection methods that these, this other faction use. Um, I suspect, considering the concerted effort, like uh, he gestures to Summerton, like you said about the Templars, that if they had a coordinated attack, it almost reeks the same thing that happened to um, Ilmas, seems to be the same MO that they used to take out the Brotherhood of the Skin. So I'm, again, I'm only guessing here, I've got no evidence, but I would guess that whoever took out the Brotherhood also took out Ilmas. Now, from the discussions that I had with Ilmus, um, he said that the group that he belongs to call themselves the Disciples of the Tesseract. But what he meant by that, I'm, I can only guess. Um, I don't have any more knowledge on that front. Again, mainly because he died before I could get anything more out of him. Very inconvenient. Uh, they are the three groups that I would say are resident in town, but we do have attention that has been brought in from other areas. Uh, gestures towards Volkova. Um, like I mentioned, our French, our French Brotherhood of the Yellow Sign. They have a very, uh, they have an interest in town. They've been trying to establish a foothold here for some time, especially around the likes of the Istanbul Festival. They're always looking for actors, people to put on their disgusting little play. Uh, disgusting little play. What do you mean? He, he kind of narrows his eyes. You you haven't heard of Leroy Anjan? The King in Yellow? Uh, could, well, that's that's Cthulhu mythos, and I have none. So, oh, um, okay, you have 
just literature. <laughs> you, you oh, have, if you have, I, I have a cult, so I don't know if that will fall in under a cult as well. But yeah, if you've got a cult or history, you can attempt either of those. You may have heard of it. Okay. Oh, okay, I make it. Uh, Thirty out of fifty-five. There you go. Yeah, um, you are aware of the play because it has one hell of a reputation. Um, okay. Published in published in eighteen ninety five, uh, condemned by the church and state alike upon its release. Um, yes. Apparently, the uh, r uh, drove the readers and uh, witnesses to the play mad whenever they saw it. But that's but I would I would assume that that was just more or less like a rumor. Like sure. that's it's a myth, like that it's movie. Like, like yeah. a, the the one well that movie doesn't exist now. You talk. <laughs> Well, the, I'm talking about the movie the fin, uh, the fin Absolute de Monde. It supposedly drove people crazy, but it's just uh, myth. I'm yes. <laughs> the absolute end of the world where an angel was apparently bled on film. Yes. I thought you were talking about London After Midnight. Yeah, I, I thought you were talking about Ring, Ring Girl. Killers. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. But yeah, he... Uh, I feel like I connected with you, Matthew, for just a moment. <laughs> I love cigarette burns. It's fantastic. It's a very good. It's a very good Masters of Horror episode. Mm -hmm. It's a very good. It was John Carpenter, right? Yeah, yes. I think so. Yeah. John Carpenter. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of parallels that being told as, as a random aside uh, between that episode and a Ramsey Campbell novel called Ancient Images. Very similar kind of premise. Really, yeah. I love that episode. It's easily the best Masters of Horror episode. So. Mm -hmm. I'll have to check yeah, that. Same. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to just <laughs> No worries. No, that that made me happy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, each say he says to Volkovia yeah, that they're, they're, they're disgusting little play, the King in Yellow. That they've been trying to find, let's say, new performance venues for their um, for their art. Um, would, our, would our organization know whether or not the the rumors are true, or is it just? For our sakes, it's just a rumor. Well, well um, there are whispers, I mean, even amongst four, uh, 46, that there is an organization behind the cult of the yellow sign, that it's not just artists that pick up the book and go crazy and want to try and inflict it upon everyone else around them, that there is a concerted effort going on behind the scenes, quite literally in this case, uh, behind the curtain, to try and bring this revelation of truth to a wider mass uh, the wider masses okay so it's, it's sort of a hypnotic uh, hallucinogenic type of uh, phenomena that we are looking into that's the best you can put it down to yeah okay or it's just a play that they put on and nothing happens mm -hmm. yeah I mean we haven't experienced it but oh god okay. no, no. <laughs> okay and but, another group and another group which have, let's say, um, a little bit closer to home, but not local, uh, not uh, resident in Istanbul, um, the Black Brotherhood. Uh, I've had some con uh, contact with themselves that they are eager to find out what happened to the to the Brotherhood of the um, Brotherhood of the Skin. This is. They're more but, of a, a terrorist subversive group, aren't they? They just they build things up and. And they're they're just terrorists. They like to see the chaos crawl across the map. Yeah, they're just fucking terrorists. Sorry for my <laughs> French. 
it's not French at all. But <laughs> yeah, he, he just he, he just grins and slurps on his coffee. You can see that we have a minor interest in this, the outside fringes of society, just because ultimately we try to keep the peace. Well, you've certainly got a lot of work to do here then if you're looking to keep the peace in this city. Because it's only a matter of time before one party puts their foot out of line and someone else is going to drop on them like a proverbial ton of bricks. You know, I, I do I do private research uh, at a lab. Um, did you ever run across the, uh, uh, there was a, a name. Um, so I recall there was a, 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 a huge fishing company. Um, uh, the name was uh, uh, Jeanette Albach, I believe. He died uh, uh, 50, 1953 or so, but uh, his family was quite powerful in the region. I don't know if they still exist or not. You can see he's evidently processing. Um, there are definitely cogs going around in there. There's somewhere in the uh, uh, Kumka uh, area. To be honest, it's not an area that I get to that further that often. That was just a thought. Oh, like this, this sounds something that might be given our discussion. This might be something that interests me. I will, I will have a look. If I find anything, then I will get back to you. I think there was also another name associated with it, a last name, uh, Benigi. Um, Abdullah Benigi. Oh, yeah, he looks up at you with uh, his eyes go wide, almost like a kid in a candy shop. Yes, I'm familiar with that uh, that piece of human excrement. What brings him to your radar? <laughs> well, I think your ex your explanation your uh, your description is pretty cool. He uh, he bumped into us on an airplane. Uh, he was quite uh, foul mouthed and uh, drunk at the time, and I hope you uh, washed very uh, thoroughly <laughs> afterwards. Hmm. I very much disapprove of people who work in the sex trade. I think they are repugnant people. Is he, uh, is he an actual sex worker or is he a pimp? He's a pimp. Ah, well, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He just nods. <laughs> um, you've run out of Baba Ganesh. Oh, the waiter to get some more. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. He um bring he kind of waves his hand again, and the waiter comes running. Skip to the bar for a couple of seconds. Are Steve and Eamon doing anything, or um quite happy to sit back at this point? I'm fine just sitting back, and the minute someone comes in looking like they're approaching to or wanting to stir something up, I'll just kind of reach into my jacket pocket but otherwise no i mean um my intention is just kind of sit there and strain my ear to pick up their conversation mm -hmm. um, otherwise i'm fine i don't know what and are we are we sitting together or are we separate that's up to you um what do you think steve a couple i mean we can sit where we're like next to each other we're not really looks, looks like we're having a conversation but we're not really Mm -hmm. Or we can be a 
couple bar stools down either way, we can be in position so we can kind of like both be looking at different directions, you know, just to make sure we got the, the whole thing like, covered. Mm -hmm. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. So we're, we're, we're a few down just so we can yeah. kind of, mm -hmm. we can see each other and see the room. Yeah. No problem. That idea. But yeah, I, I'm not a yank to do anything. It's just keeping the peace, so to speak. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. In which case, um, I won't call it a spot hidden role because it's, uh, she's been fairly blatant and obvious. Um, through the door, uh, or he's coming round the bar, um, you see someone that I'm fairly sure both of you would recognise. Um, if you cast your minds back to the restaurants at the Parapalis Hotel, um, there was the man and the woman sat at the bar. Uh, the woman got up and left, and then the French guy came over to have a word with you. Um, the same woman uh, in the same uh, sort of black figure-hugging dress uh, walks around the bar making a beeline towards where the two of you are sat. Um, <laughs> I'll simply eye her. I'll just kind of like follow her with my eyes. Mm -hmm. um, she, she pretty much locks, when she sees you and locks eyes with you, she meets that gaze as she goes just straight round the bar, now ignoring Eamon and coming straight for you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, as, as she approaches, I'll just kind of, you know, gesture with my with my eyes and head towards uh, the seat next to me, mm -hmm. and uh, turn forward, uh, kind of holding my hand up for another drink. Mm -hmm. No problem. In which case, she sits down uh, next, or not even so much sits down next to you, but almost glides round behind you, so that she is, but um, you are between um, her and Eamon. And at that point, reaches out to um, to give you the the most passionate embrace and kiss that you uh, that you could possibly imagine from a stranger straight off the bat. Ooh, ooh. And I am going to quickly send you a message. That is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I die. I hope you didn't get poisoned by the lipstick. Yeah, the lipstick. Well, I mean, if it was on her lips, I'd worry about her getting poisoned, too. Because you know there's tongue. Well, yeah. And then I whisper, hey, baby, we're, bring back stones to the apartment. I like my justice. <laughs> it's evil. She, she smiles. Uh, she, pulls back, uh, she pulls back from you. And and says, oh, I'm, I'm very much interested in justice too. Um, I, I didn't actually say that, but that's fine. Oh, sorry, I thought you did. <laughs> no, no, I did not actually say that. I said nothing. I'm just shocked. But, um, yes, in, in, in which case, if you, don't, if you don't actually say anything, no. what happens is she, she lingers in this moment, really hugging you as close and tight as she can. And at that point, uh, pulls back and with this very um, confident smile just says I'm sorry I thought you were someone else have a good evening and I kind of snap I'll give you I'll, I'll give her a, a, a slight smile and uh, and nod and say it's quite all right um, kind of you know putting my hands into my pockets as I turn back around hope nothing missing. with the drink no uh, yeah nothing nothing missing but I I reach my hands into my pockets uh, and 
as soon as she is off and I'm facing the bar, I remove the mm -hmm. note and I'm going to open it up and just uh, see what it says. Very quickly, I'm just going to glance at it and then put it back. In, is it possible to do like a psychology during this interaction? Uh, yes, I think you can. Give me a psychology roll. That would be a 13 out of 50. Which is a, uh, a hard success. Gotcha. She is a bit difficult to read. Um, she is acting very dispassionately, even though she is trying to put on a veneer of um, affection or seduction but especially if you catch a glance into um, into her eyes it's almost like she there's no soul there oh. it's very much this is she's going through the motions and doing what she needs to do to get a job done there is purpose there is drive there is determination but there is no lust there is no love there is no passion beyond that it's yeah. it's almost a little freaky so it wasn't an accident it was definitely a purpose Oh, hell yeah. Okay, I mean... All right, my, I, so I glance at the note, and if Eamon's looking in the general direction, my eyes oh. literally widen. I, I mean, I think at first he looks at you kind of like... Then your eyes widen, right? Is that yeah, my, my, my eyes literally, like, they almost pop out of my head, and I fold the note back up, and I put it back in my pocket. Um, mm. but I, you know, other than, other than that slight expression, I kind of go back to my normal, my normalcy. Well, if, if you're not passing notes in class or otherwise leaving or anything and just resume what we were doing, which is <laughs> just scouting, right? So. Yep. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> okay. As this is fairly blatant, um, everyone that's around the table with um, with Majash also notices said encounter. But Majash doesn't seem to comment upon it. Maybe he hasn't seen from his position. I don't think we should either, to be honest. Because then, 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 <laughs> then it gives away those two, right? It makes a connection. Mm. Mm -hmm. I mean, but we notice it. I mean, we file it away, but we're not going to bring it to his attention. Right. I yeah, very true. <laughs> okay. Um, in which case, Majash is um, looking between you. Well, that is, um, as I see it, the, say, the Cold War of the Occult Underground that is currently bubbling away in this city. You have a a lot of work cut out for you if you think you're uh, taking on the role of peacekeeper huh. in this town. Mr. Majash, is there an easy way to get a hold of you to set up further meetings in the, in the future, uh, exchanges of information and uh, money? <laughs> um, yes, yes, you can definitely get in contact with me if you're looking to uh, look into such matters. Um, I'm here most evenings, uh, maybe at... Um, at worst, every other night. Um, otherwise, if you have a word with the concierge, then they can um, they can get me a line. But um, 
let's let's say I offer you a uh, offer you a freebie. Let's say how how do they put it? The uh, the first one's free. Um, if you can find who took out the brothers of the skin, I would be very interested to know that because I can see that being information being very useful to certain parties. Hmm. So. If you if you afford me afford me that if you find anything that comes to uh, comes to you about that matter then please let me know and I'll make it worth your while. Of course. Can I can I clarify something with you, Mister Magician? The, yes, of course. When the the cult was taken out, like like you said, was that what was the time period? Of that was that something recent? I'm, I'm a little confused. That he would have more of a time scale. Let me double check my notes. I'm trying not to put together what what I know versus what's happening. Right. Yeah. What we know outside the game. Mm-hmm. Or if he's talking about the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean that. <laughs> no worries. Bear with me one moment. There's quite a bit of a timeline that I need to remember at some point. Is Matthew's hair made out of gold? <laughs> no, just just the color of the light just above. The light. <laughs> That's awesome. It's like caramel. <laughs> I wish I had hair. <laughs> he shampoos and conditions. Honey does grow on head. Aha. A year ago. A year ago. Oh, that's pretty recent. Yeah. And everyone, to the uh, everyone, as far as we can tell, apart from maybe one, if they were lucky, individual that got out alive, we believe all of the cult were taken out in one night. Hmm. As uh, again, he looks back to Somerton again, very Templar in that execution. Now, is that a rumor or is that known that perhaps one individual may have escaped? No, that's that's well, I assume one because there was a number of people that I were I was in contact with um, that were members of the Brotherhood, all of them were killed on the same night, all of them were executed in the same fashion. Except then, obviously, all the bodies were found. It's a matter that you could probably, if you wanted to go to the local to, uh, the local police, you could find it. But one of my contacts, there was no evidence found. It was as if he just vanished off the face of the earth. And how many people are we talking about? Um, I think from the discussions I'd had, there were 10 members of the Brotherhood left in town at the time. So substantially diminished from its heyday. Oh yes, the, unfortunately, the organisation went into decline in the um, around the mid to late twenties and thirties. Um, there was a unfortunate incident that um, pretty much caused the organisation to implode, and as a result, its power and influence fractured like a pane of split glass. Um, the little fragments that were left came back to Constantinople as it was then and tried to regroup 
um, they held Istanbul fairly well for a long, as I said, a long period of time. They were a stabilizing force, but very much a shadow of their former selves. Maybe one day they hoped that they would earn the favor of their patron deity. Hmm. Bunch of fanatic nut jobs. He, he breathes in uh, through his nose and with, again, wide eyes and just nods looking in your direction. Some, unfortunately, sour the pond for the others. Hmm. Can I ask a, also ask you another question about Vadim? Yes. Um, I'm assuming he approached you, is that correct? Um, yes, he did. Um, fairly recently as well. I pretty much went to the, um, the American consulate just a day or so after he contacted me. Um, he said there was a matter of timing here, that this was a fairly urgent matter that he wanted to, to offer to the West in exchange for his safety. Yeah, that, that's that gets to my, my next question is I was wondering, did did you get a sense of what was his attitude? You know, like what did he seem? Did he seem afraid? Did he seem like this was something he was fearful for? Or is this more, you know, just a matter of business? And he's, you know what I mean? I, I'm just trying to, if you could tell me his mindset. Sure, sure. Um, Again, this is only my interpretation, so yeah. I can only give it you through my lens of how mm -hmm. I see events. I would say that he was a man that was angry on one level, um, worried on another, but also, I hesitate to say the word duty, but I would say, again, it comes back to this is a moral issue, um, morally bound, that he knows he has to do the right thing. But circumstances made him angry to bring him to this point, and it's now his morals that are dictating his actions. So troubled is a good, he was conflicted almost. That, that is a good word to sum up all those ones that I've just used, yes. Um, did he seem to wear those feelings on his sleeve, or did he seem like a you know, cool cucumber who knows what he's doing and he's playing the game? The latter. All right, thank you. Not that, not that I'm much a fan of cucumber. I do try to pick it out of all the salad that I have, although I don't have many, much salad at all. <laughs> Tabbouleh. Tabbouleh, right? Oh, um, mint and uh, parsley. I don't tend to put cucumber in there at all. <laughs> um, uh, actually, uh, another question I might ask you. Um, what kind of, what, what can we expect from... Uh, uh, the KGB in this area? They don't have a permanent presence as far as I can tell. Uh, they have plenty of assets. They have lots of eyes and ears everywhere, but no direct presence. So they, they have a lot of information networks here. Um, they're, oh, they're, their main person here hasn't been here for a good few years. It's must be easily five, ten years ago now, maybe even more than that. No, maybe. Again, you can see those cogs turning. No, maybe even a couple of decades. Um, it was pretty much a town that was run by one man. Um, the, the KGB presence was down to a single individual. Um, 
from what I can tell, he was actually a bit of a legend in his own um, in his own way. But he he met a rather unfortunate end. Um, Ilya Petrov, that was his name. Um, a very adept, um, very I'd say ruthless. There's a good word for him. A ruthless spymaster that he built a network of contacts that spread across the town and provided the KGB with a vast amount of information, more so than, um, unfortunately, you, yourselves, the Americans, and um, your cousins across the pond, the, uh, the Brits, or even anyone in the West had been able to, um, to come near building. And then someone, well, we assume someone, it's, I believe the official report said it was an accidental um, gas explosion at his apartment um, killed him. He was um, basically blown apart in his own apartment by a faulty gas main. Hmm. Probably just an accident. I look, yeah. at Henry. I look at Henry and squint my eyes. <laughs> yeah, these uh, these gas mains do tend to be very faulty in such places. Well, I'm ready for coffee. Sure, that's halva. Hmm? Is there any halva? Halva? Halva. It's a uh, Jewish treat made from sesame seeds. Turkey as well. Ah, okay. Yeah, not familiar with that one, so that's another one to add to my repertoire. Then. <laughs> um, we'll say for argument's sake, there is. Amazing stuff. It's just it's there's nothing. Nothing. Right, there's the nothing uh, here. Goes as well with with coffee as halva. Halva. Yeah. It's amazing stuff. I have some baklava. Ah, no, that I do know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's usually on my order when I go to the local Turkish. <laughs> yeah. Um, in which case, uh, I say various desserts, various coffees and pastries are um, are brought over, and he. Um, Majash, this is, says, I believe that's um, pretty much the conclusion of our business then, yes? Yes. Yes. Unless okay. some of you have more questions. Mm -hmm. It was very nice to meet you, sir. No problem. Um, as you start to rise, he says, one, one more thing that might uh, be of interest to you. A lot of the questions you asked have been asked to me by someone else. I think that you and they might well be happy join, well, maybe not joining forces, but it might be that you are interested in doing a little bit of information exchange between the two of you in case she's learned anything more um, since she last came to me. Who might this person be? Yeah. Um, she's a representative that's come from out of town. Um, Lady by the name of Nurton Ghazi. A representative of whom? Um, I believe that client confidentiality would be the card I would play at this point. Um, if you wish to contact her, then it will be of your own, uh, own volition. If you do not like her affiliation at that point, I believe you'll be able to walk away from the party. Did you say Ghazi? Yes, why? No reason. 
Yeah, he just he just looks at you for a second and nods. Hmm. Yeah, just a thought. Just it might be someone that I thought you might want to get in touch with. Hmm. Um, I believe she's staying at the Pera Palace. Oh, lovely place. Hmm. Yes, I don't yes. know. Her first name was Nurten. N U R T E N. That's the one. There we go. Okay. I um I whispered something to Ian. Oh, uh, I was going to ask him. Uh, do you have a description of this 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 woman? That yes. Um, he describes. Um, in fact, the lady that uh, the majority of the others here will have noticed was the um, the lady that was speaking with the Frenchman at the bar at the Para Palace last night. And I will also send Natalia a note as well. There we go. So then with regard to Kasikov, mm -hmm. we are to meet him at the... Uh, Pierre Lati. Cafe. Yes. Pierre Latte Cafe. Um, what what time? For lunch. For lunch. Indeed. Uh, around midday, two days from now. Otherwise, uh, I suggest you. Uh, well, you have plenty. It seems to be looking into on other levels, shall we say, in town. Mm. Um, that your time won't be necessarily wasted. Um, although. If things do go quiet, we have plenty to sightsee here. Yes, you have a beautiful city. Mm -hmm. But please, please, don't let me detain you. Uh, but as they say, the night is young, and I'm sure I could go for another another round of desserts. Yes, yes. Well, don't, don't don't worry about paying. The bill is on me. This is all uh, this is all taken care of. I shall um, lean across the table and uh, shake his hand. Okay. Um, they are clammy, they are sweaty, they are I greasy. Imagine, I imagine they would be. Yeah. I have, a, I have some wet wipes in my pocket. Um, <laughs> a fact you are eternally grateful for. Yes, I'd never travel without them, especially in hot countries. Um, well, hopefully this will be the beginning of a very profitable relationship for both of us. Hmm. He, he nods and almost does his, uh, his best Humphrey Brogart impression there. Yes, indeed, the beginning of a beautiful friendship. We will always have dinner. Hmm. Here's, here's looking at you, kid. <laughs> no, I don't do that. <laughs> I think I think there'd be too much on a first date. <laughs> <laughs> ah, thank you very much for a lovely evening. No problem. Okay. Enjoy Istanbul. And I take it with that, then you are heading away from the table. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God, I have to go throw up. I've eaten so much food tonight. <laughs> this polite thing. I quite fancy a kebab. We'll probably wait till after everybody disperses, then we'll saunter out individually. Yeah. Sure. Okay, so um, after trips to the loo, after waiting for various other people, uh, various other people to come back. 
um, you can get back together. Um, do you want to meet uh, down in the lobby or do you want to go back to the apartment or somewhere else? I presume you do want to get together as a group. I'd, I'd, I'd say it's probably best if we um, we we're wait in the lobby for, um, I, I see Eamon and, and Steve are going to come down. See, I would disagree. Yeah. I, I think we should just keep on walking and we'll all meet back up on the roof. Rooftop. That sounds perfect, actually. Um, Rooftop. Well, Henry wasn't there when we made all of our decisions, so oh. that's what we were going to do. So. Okay. Oh, well, if that's what you've already decided, <laughs> uh, then let's stick with the plan. Yeah, it's the safest place for us to meet. Realize as this goes along, it's even safer if we meet on somebody else's rooftop. Actually, <laughs> no, what's, what's, what's the, the safest thing, really, would be if we meet on um, seven separate rooftops with none of us knowing which rooftops the other six are on. <laughs> but they're all that within sight of one another. no them. chance of a leak. <laughs> all we need is some semaphore flags or some Aldis lamps. Uh, yeah, they certainly wouldn't be able to record that all that well. <laughs> Go to the uh, go to the rooftop then. So we make our way back to the rooftop. Okay. Uh, insert kind of the montage cutscene here of taxis walking by car. However you wish to get back there, uh, you arrive back without interruption back at the rooftop. Well, that was a lot of information. Yeah, my head's spinning, and I'm not sure if it's from that or the alcohol. Seems like you had a good meeting and you seemed to be swell from a distance. It was an okay man. Has anyone seen where I put that bottle of uh, Pepto Bismol? <laughs> we uh, heard, um, man, me and me and Eamon heard most of the conversation, correct? And we fill any of the blanks, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. enough, to, enough, to catch in, enough to catch the general gist of the conversation. Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, I'd be like, Steve. I'm dying to ask, what kind of love note did you get there? She essentially said, don't trust him. So the strange woman that made out with you in the bar and then walked away said, don't trust the man who's given us all that good information. Hmm. Is that the him? Is that the him? I, I imagine. I have no idea. Well, why would she give that note to you when she didn't know that you had anything to do with? Because she does. I think, I think well, she, she, does. she knows something because she made a beeline right for him. I think that she knows. Remember, was she, was she the woman from the other night? Yes. Yeah, she, also, she saw us all together at the table at the very same place. So that's Nertin Berngazi. My assumption. Nertin. Well, gentlemen, I should tell you I don't know if it's an actual connection or not. It's not an uncommon last name in this city, but my assistant at my lab is Demir Berggazi. So I will have to talk to him. I don't, I don't think you can assume there's any coincidences. Well, it's kind of safe. well maybe like Smith. I mean, just because one person's named Smith doesn't mean there's not a million other people named Smith. Be on the safe side, though. But it did take me by surprise. 
he's been my assistant for years. He's an outstanding lab technician. Anything I've learned in the field, go with your gut. Always. And quite honestly, although he knows that I'm, I'm associated with the CIA, he knows absolutely nothing about 46. But why would she... Number one, do you think that she knows about Section 46? And two, why would she say not to trust him? Well, we'll ask her. Well, didn't you notice that um, when our friend the doctor here chose to uh, make a remark about the uh, the nature of the sort of people who, uh, who join cults, I thought uh, Josh's uh, reaction was rather odd. What was it? He just well, sort of snorted through his nose, breathed through his nose as though he was um, perhaps trying to control his temper a little. Well spotted. In, in situations like this, who knows? He could be the cult leader. <laughs> but, uh, I find it very unlikely that a yeah, man not very mobile. that standing and, and an information dealer, a man that well-connected in a city like this, didn't even know the names of these cults. It's, uh, well, would we have trusted him from the beginning anyway? He's an information dealer. He gives information and takes information and sells information. Well, he's the, the very best wild card. Right. I think I asked that question to our superiors, and I think, I could be mistaken, but I think they basically said that this is his business, his livelihood, so if he's not trustworthy, then that's a big problem for him as far as establishing. Mm. So That's that, true. But that could, that could just mean the CIA stuff. Yeah. The Section 46 yes. stuff. We don't know if he has a gun pointed to his head either. I like the the, idea, the CIA stuff, like, yeah, on top, information dealer, but occult, you know, important guy. And yet 46 well, me, suggested this. It's, it's not in our interests to go jumping into bed with, with every Tom, Dick, or Utku. Well, with him, there's no room. Maybe he's the brotherhood, that escapee. Maybe he's the one guy that got away. Well, and I don't think we should trust her either. You know, she could just—it could just be red herring. It's spy or spy. Yeah. How, how did she? That's even, my magazine. Why would he tell us about her if they were at odds with? Uh, we've got a mystery to un, to unravel here. I only brought it up in passing because I was hoping that it would lead into a conversation where he didn't guess that we were actually interested in cults, but we're just interested in stories. Um, so he didn't know as that game, he didn't know who took out the Brotherhood, right? And the Brotherhood doesn't know who took out the Brotherhood. Apparently nobody knows at this point. But he's an information broker. Mm -hmm. the, main, the main line that he used is that pretty much everyone who would have known is dead. Right. The problem is that this group took out everyone that they've interacted with. So there is literally no one who knows. Well, and for the information who, who, who did it is, is something that Majash would be interested in as, as a commodity, he says. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Emu, maybe it's me. It just seems like maybe he's the guy. Maybe he's the Brotherhood. <laughs> 46 also wants us to find out what happened to the Brotherhood. So yep. if 46 doesn't know a piece of information like that, then probably they, nobody does. We'll have to figure it out for ourselves. You know, I bet there's someone who does know. I bet H knows. I could always ask her next time we meet her. Mm. I mean, she might, she, it might be a price, but I'm just saying, I bet she knows. I think we should avoid uh, interacting with H entirely. The last time you interacted her, she trapped us in a, an alternate dream dimension. My hand still hurts, and I didn't it's, actually get a wound. It wasn't our fault. I mean, it was kind of against our will. Well, we can speculate all night. I think that we should go to bed, and then tomorrow figure out what we're going to do if we go talk to this woman or if we follow up on any of the other leads that we had for tonight. tonight. I need to talk to Demir. Yes. Okay, so that sounds like everyone is heading to bed? I think so. Okay. (laughs) Right. Sleep time, ladies and gents. Could I please have a pal roll from everyone again? (laughs) <laughs> Yay. <laughs> 23 out of 70. Boom. Pass. Hmm? Hard success. Okay, so we've got a couple of hards so far. Pass. I got a three. Ooh, I just barely passed. Ding, 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 Wayne. That is what I want to hear. As long as one of you gets an extreme, that's what, uh, that's what I need. Oh, boy. Thank you, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> so I failed by two if that matters. Gotta be a good thing, right? Right? It is a good thing. <laughs> more information this way. You all start drifting off into peaceful oblivion as uh, you fall into a nice restful sleep. First of all, it's Eamon that realizes that there is uh, that you are sleep or seems to be waking up. Um, in fact, you are lying on your bed um, on your own bed. It looks like the room around you, except that leaning over you, looking in, uh, looking directly into your eyes, about maybe a foot or so above you, is this female face staring through this yellow veil with this tattered yellow clo- um, clothes extending down, down to the floor, and the yeah, say to Amen, and she smiles and says all you had to do was ask (laughs) go to the tower and your answers will be there she pulls back Um, you catch the impression of these bulges underneath the clothes that imply something that's either mutated or twisted in some fashion but the thing that then everyone hears is they all snap well at least what you think is awake um, in your beds is this almighty roar above the building and the flap of tremendous huge wings that cast a shadow through the windows of the building and then fly overhead and that is where we leave it for tonight yeah did we all all have this dream oh yes okay. as long as one of you gets an extreme success everyone gets it so we're all awake now basically awake Awake. <laughs> um, what was the password? Bananas, bananas, what was it? Oh, <laughs> I was dolphin. Dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our players for this episode included 
Jeff Wilkins, Bill Mize, Lewis Glasshauer, uh, Mick Swan, Wayne Worthy, Thomas McKeon, and myself with Mick, uh, Matthew Sanderson as Keeper of the Secrets. Did I get everybody? I think so. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our show free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. Um, I guess one of our patrons really enjoyed our first episode of Reign of Terror last night. Mark uh, Grian, Grian uh, upped his donation from 10 to $15 a month. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Hey, congrats. Thanks very much. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month helps a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We love rereading them. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. <laughs> <laughs>